pursue your dreams. That's all. There's nobody telling you what your dream is. Whatever your dream is, you just do it. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. This is your host, Jared Easley, and I've got a special co-host today. So special because it's Nancy Hartnett and it's her birthday. Nancy, happy birthday. Thank you so much. What a fantastic day. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, so we're hanging out here and we're sitting on the patio and we have an amazing guest. I'm sure you're going to agree that the guest today is amazing, right, Nancy? He's fabulous. (laughs) Well... Okay, so to let everyone in on the joke here is uh, Tyson Hartnett, a professional athlete and uh, entrepreneur. He is uh, the son of my co-host, so that's why Nancy is a little bit biased, but she should be. So I'll tell you what, Nancy, is there is there anything that you want to say before we uh, introduce Tyson or get Tyson talking here? Well, I'm really proud of everything he's done. You know, he works hard. He's got a lot of things that he's working on, but it's all to help other people. So I couldn't be a prouder mother. Well said. All right. So Tyson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, it's not every day we get to hang out in uh, beautiful weather and uh, get to have a good conversation. And so I'm a- appreciative of you making the time today. No, absolutely. This is a beautiful day in Florida. Typically, it's been a long, cold New York winter, so... It's nice to be here. <laughs> now, Nancy, you can't relate to that cold winter because you're not in New York, right? I live here, been down here for six years. I got out of that nasty cold. Yes. I did too many years up there. But Tyson is, is still fighting the good fight. And we appreciate that. Yeah, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Tyson, there's going to be some people listening just have no frame of reference. They're like, I don't know Tyson. I should know Tyson. Would you be willing to kind of give a little bit of backstory? Yeah, absolutely. So, hmm, where do I start? But yeah, so you mentioned a professional athlete a few uh, minutes ago, and yeah, I, I played basketball my entire life growing up in high school in South Jersey near Philly, and then in college I played at University of Maine, which is Division One, and then Rowan University in South Jersey, and I played professionally overseas in Sweden and then South America for two years, and then yeah, once I got finished with that, I realized that my basketball career couldn't last forever, and it was a tough moment because I thought that I was just going to have this glorious basketball career and play professionally for 15 years and, you know, live the beautiful basketball life in overseas countries and maybe make the NBA some one day and get a 10 day contract and then hit a game winning jump shot. And, you know, like the whole glorious basketball career, every kid dreams of, but reality is that, you know, after two years, I realized, okay, this, this is not going to happen forever. And I had to transition my mindset to being a non-athlete. And that was, I realized one of the hardest things I had to do. And for almost every athlete who does something seriously and in a, you know, a hard professional way, whether they're a D1 athlete, D2, D3, transitioning to being a non-athlete and changing that mindset and lifestyle is really, really tough. So it's kind of what I slowly transitioned my life into like having a day job, obviously, to make money and live, but also this athletemindedcom program to help athletes emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, financially help them develop themselves. And then wrote a book and then, you know, have the podcast where we've spoken to over 80 athletes now and yeah, slowly transitioning to uh, new things as well. So that's, I hope that was a good synopsis. Oh, yeah, that's an excellent summary. Uh, Nancy, I want to ask you a question. So what's it like for you as, as, Tyson's mother 
to see him live in his dream. And then all of a sudden there's a transition and some changes are coming about. What, what, what was that like for you? And then what advice did maybe you share with Tyson, if any? Yeah, I, I knew basketball was his love. And to picture him working at a job nine to five in a cubicle, I just couldn't see it, you know. And so he tried some other things when he came back from Argentina playing basketball. And, uh, you know, everything he was, he was trying, it would be like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go, j- j- yeah, go for it. He'd have a, an idea. And me, maybe in the back of my mind was like, oh, uh, yeah, that's not really a good idea. But I just said, go for it. Go for it. Because he just had to ex- live it out himself. And so I think he's really kind of balanced between having that day job and also doing his other dreams like the podcasts and writing the book, Athlete Minded. So it's quite amazing. Tyson, take us back to that moment when you realized for real that, okay, basketball is that, that's, that chapter is over. Yeah. I was actually in Los Angeles because, so after I got back from, so I played in Argentina and Chile and then I got back to South Florida and it was like summer season in the United States. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to work hard over the summer. And then in the fall, I'm going to try to get on a team in South America or somewhere else overseas. And so when I was working at this bar in South Florida, if anybody's been to Elbow Room, they would know what it is. But I was a bouncer there and I met this guy actually. And he said, yeah, like I'm trying to play basketball overseas. I was like, oh, really? Me too. So then, you know, we struck up a conversation and then he said there was this camp out in L.A., where they're going to be all these scouts at and all these coaches and they were going to be like, you know, getting guys jobs overseas. I was like, okay, this sounds perfect. I need to go. So I flew out there and went to this camp with this guy. And then once I went there, there was like one scout, maybe one agent over like the whole weekend. And it was just like, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> like there was, yeah. there was like, nobody was getting jobs. Like it wasn't what they, what he told me it was going to be. And then afterwards, the guy who set it up said, hey, you know, there's a there's a D-League camp in uh, in Atlanta or something. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I want you to go to it. I'm like, great. You know, this, okay, this is great. And I'm like, how much is it? He's like, oh, it's like $300. I'm like, well, I, I can't pay for that right now. Can you help? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, my money's all tied up in there. I, I can't pay for that. I think th- that's when I realized, okay, this is a business. And they are exploiting these young athletes who are trying to follow their dreams, but what, I'm going to spend a few hundred dollars to go to this camp and then get housing and then get a plane, no guarantee. And then yeah. get a plane ticket. Wow. Once you get to the camp, there's going to be 150 other athletes, most likely all trying to fight and claw their way to get some type of like job in the D league. It was just like, I think that's when I realized, Oh my gosh, this is, this is unreal. Like I didn't know it was going to be like this. So like that's when I realized, okay, maybe I need to start the transition to being, you know, doing things other than trying to play pro basketball. I would imagine that was a little bit humbling. Yeah, it was. I mean, I've had a lot of humbling moments in my life and college and everything. But yeah, I mean, that's when I, and it, that was actually when I felt I was like, okay, I don't have like a bunch of people supporting me and all this, and like you know, going into different you know countries trying to play. Like when I went down to Argentina, like I wrote about it. In my book, but I took a one-way ticket. Like, like I bought a one-way ticket to go to Argentina, <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm getting on a team for the whole year, and I'm not coming back till I play the whole season. And guess what? I eventually did. I found a team to play on, and 
you know, it worked out how it worked out, but I'm like, wait, am I going to do this next year? Am I going to fly one way to go to the Philippines or Thailand and like hustle to get on a team somewhere each season? Like this doesn't sound like a good idea. (laughs) So I don't know. You know, I just looked at other people too, which it's really interesting now because I'm talking to other athletes on the podcast about how they're, you know, guys who are still playing overseas for like five, six years. And they look at their friends back home in like the United States and they're like, they all have stable jobs. I mean, not all of them, but like they have stable jobs and they're, you know, they're getting married and they're having families and they're, you know, they're just like living the normal life. And then while they're still out in like Hungary or, you know, Latvia or, you know, Germany, like playing ball and going, going country to country each year and not much stability. And it's just, eventually it takes a toll. So I was like, you know what, let me, I'm in America you know, I'm I'm smart enough to know how to, you know, get a job and live life. I have some experience under my belt. So let me, you know, let me just try to live a non-basketball life. So. <laughs> Nancy, when your son said, I'm going to start a podcast, did you know what a podcast was? Just, uh, he had to explain it to me. <laughs> I kind of was like, oh yeah, put your podcast. You know, I don't really... Listen, I like to read, so I wasn't really into podcasts, but, but he started to do them and I listened to him. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. And, and him, his gift as being an interviewer was quite amazing. I, w- I was shocked, but his purpose was to give these athletes a voice and they would all thank him to say, wow, I've never told that story before and, and I've never got to share this. And I think that was the beauty of it, you know, that he's given his voice, you know, he's He's written his book and basically told his life. And now he's given other people a chance to do it. So it's a beautiful thing. Most people never write a book. So was that kind of neat for you to see Tyson write a book? Oh, my God. Ty kept talking about, I'll go write a book about my basketball life. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And he would, as he was writing it, he'd call me and he'd say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. This is like really revealing. I don't know if I can. And he just, he just, I said, just write it down, write it down. And he did. And. And there are so many people who have read the book and said, wow, this is inspiring. This is exciting. And it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's, like, it's fun. Even if you don't know basketball. His grandmother lives at Assisted Living. And there are women. One, one older woman read the book. And she's like, she told my mother, she said, you know, I'm mad at you. And my mom was like, well, well, well why? She said, I didn't get any sleep last night because I was reading Tyson's book. And she told all these other women they, I, I, there were like six to seven women at assisted living who loved his book. He came to visit and they're like, Oh, Tyson. Oh my God. When are you going to write your next book? So, <laughs> which is that always is a hard, cool. which is always a hard question to answer. When are you going to write your next book? It's like, all right, it took me enough time and emotional effort to put into this. Please don't ask about, uh, about the next one. Yet. I can actually relate to that as a fellow author. I, I felt drained after writing a book, and I was like, I, I don't know that I'm ready to write another book. Yeah. But that said, Tyson, you mentioned something when we were talking before we hit the recording that I thought was interesting, and you tried some different things that didn't quite resonate, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will relate to that. So if you'd be willing, maybe share the story about how you put together the basketball drill videos and what you were hoping that would become, and then kind of the reality check that set in what that was like and maybe what advice you have to someone who's putting out their best effort on an idea that maybe just quite it and hitting home yet. Yeah. So my mom's not in her head saying good question, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so 
the thing about being an entrepreneur or like creating new stuff, you know, like whatever it is, a podcast or basketball training videos or whatever, it's like everybody's on their own journey and it's, it, everybody has to start somewhere. The whole like the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Like when I started doing my like basketball training club, that was, that was well, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I was, you know, I came back to my mom's like apartment where she lives. And I was like, I got it. Club basketball training club. <laughs> I'm like, that's the name for it. And she was like, okay. But to me it was like, yes, like, here we go. So, and then like I spent a whole, like a few months putting together like hundreds of basketball training videos and all that. And did it make much money? No, it made like, I don't know, a few hundred dollars, even though we spent a few thousand dollars, like putting it all together. So yeah, that lost money. And if you're, if you're an accountant and you're looking at a balance sheet, it's like, yeah, that, that's a bad investment. I'm a stupid person. That's not the right thing to do. But no, like at the time that was, you know, I think there's like, like a, a spiritual aspect of entrepreneurship too, where like somebody like, there's just things that you have to do. Like I recently read a book by James Baldwin called Go Tell It on the Mountain. And it was like about, you know, Harlem and like, you know, it, it was very spiritual, but I remember afterwards, like I read something about him writing a book. He said that was what he needed to write before he could write anything else. And I was like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. And he became like one of the main like writers in like the civil rights movement. And now, you know, people still were like refer to his work and everything. But this is like, it was really interesting. He's like, that's what he needed to do before he could do anything else. And it was so like creating these basketball training videos and material and stuff like that, that. That was like the initial thing that I had to do. Like I like I had to get this out. You know, I realized like I knew so much when it came to basketball, like years and years of putting this stuff together. If I just held it all in, I feel like it'd be doing a disservice to people, you know, to younger athletes who are trying to learn basketball or trying to learn drills or information or whatever. So I had to get it out there. And then same thing with the book too. After that, you know, a year or two after that, I wrote this book and I like, I just, had to get it out. I had to get it out. So anyway, it's just like eventually there's just things that you just have to do and then you won't feel good until you do it. And then once you do it, no matter what comes of it, there's a next thing you're most likely going to feel like you have to do anyway. So, Nancy, what are some things that you've seen in Tyson that you feel like have been a life lesson for you based on his experiences? Oh my gosh. Well, he just dives into He has a, an idea. And he does it, As, especially, you know, we talked about going down to Argentina. He went down to Argentina, didn't even have a name of a person down in Argentina. He just had a, a I had pseudo. the name of the person, but it was the wrong name. I it learned. was the wrong name. So he flies down to Argentina and it's like, okay. And then he's calling me and, and he did what, what did you do? Like couch potato? And the, No, no, not, not couch potato. Not couch, couch, potato. Couch, couch surfing. Couch surfing. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's kind of a couch there. Yeah, couch surfing. So he went to the sky, and the sky actually helped him find somebody. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. It, it happened. You, you know, it's like you have a dream and a passion. You just go for it. And I swear, over and over and over again, in in, in his life, has been a proof of you got a goal, you go for it, and and things happen. They they, they just kind of they happen. So. Yeah, and, and and so that was something too where I needed to try. You know, I think, I think you mentioned like, what do people do? Like you need to try, like if you don't try and if you don't, if you don't 
try and fail or try and succeed, whatever your entire life, you're going to be thinking about what you could have done. Mm. So like, if I didn't go down to Argentina and do that, if I didn't try to get on a team and you know, grow my basketball career, I would still be thinking now like that there'd be the little, little tiny voice in the back of your head saying, maybe I could have succeeded. Maybe I could have, you know, maybe I could have made it in Argentina if I only went down there, if I only did this, but guess what? I went down there. I tried and then it happened. Maybe I succeeded in the grand scheme of things. Maybe I failed, you know, to each has their own, you know, viewpoint of it. I feel like I succeeded because I achieved my goal on playing on a team the whole season, but it was like, you know, now my conscience, I feel good about it. Like I've, I did it. I wrote a story about it and, and that's that. Uh, Tyson, we mentioned this earlier, but I, I, I really want to hit on this now is, is you've now decided, Hey, I want to bring athletes together and you're doing that in the form of a podcast. So I want to talk about what compelled you to say, Hey, I, I, I want to bring athletes together who are now making this transition and, and what that's like and sharing those stories. So let's talk about the podcast and then maybe where that could be, what direction that could be going in. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the podcast, after I wrote the book, I just realized that there's so many athletes going through this, like ballerinas, football players, like shot put champions, like anything, like any sport. It's almost exactly the same where you like the process is the same where you put in hours and hours and hours and then you win or lose. And then at the end of your career, it's like, okay, great. Now what type of thing? So yeah, I just want athletes, current, former, future athletes to like realize that they're not alone in this. And that's one of the biggest things in my book is that I thought I was alone. Like I was the only person in the world going through this stuff. Now I'm realizing like, no, there's like the stats, there's a hundred thousand student athletes in the United States each year graduating through division one, division two, II, division three, NAIA graduating from colleges and these athletes most likely spent a lot, huge chunk of their life on this sport. Most of them aren't going pro or aren't going to do it professionally. So a hundred thousand, like there's a huge chunk of these athletes who don't know what, what to do next. Or even if they do have a job and all that, their mind is still athlete. You know, <laughs> like there's still mind is still like, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. Cause their whole life in their developing years, they've been an athlete. So I mean, for some athletes, it'll be like, all right, you know, they transition easy. That's fine. But I just know for a, a huge chunk, even if it's not severe, there's going to be this nagging in the back of their mind. Like, wait, all right, wait, I don't have to train anymore. I don't have to win. I don't have to play this sport. So yeah, just getting other athletes to realize that, no, they're not alone. And there's other stories out there. So Nancy, you've seen Tyson go through a different, all these different chapters in now you're seeing all these conversations and these connections that Tyson's making. And how do you feel about that? I'm just proud. That's all I could say. You know, I mean, I'm lucky to have him. Well, because you're an athlete too. So my mom was a Division One tennis player at FAU. And, you know, she's, she knows the whole world too. And, you know, I didn't take it that far. But, you know, I played tennis in leagues and stuff like that. So I could still do my, my tennis. And I also biked and I do still, I, I bike now and yoga and stuff. So, and yet also did the computer programming at Cigna job, you know, so I, I kind of did both and raised kids. So, you know, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm proud of Tyson though. I'll tell you, he's, he's found his niche. Rightfully so. Tyson, I always kind of like to close out with a couple questions. Uh, the, one of the first ones is, who is doing something that interests you? Hmm. 
in the whole world or in, in, in the athlete any, world. Yeah, there's no limitation on this. So. so first thing that comes to mind is kind of a competitor, but uh, Players' Tribune. <laughs> so they were started by um, Derek Jeter, and you know they got seed money. So they, they have a ton of money, and they get all like the best articles, like Kobe Bryant writing his retirement article, Kevin Love and all that. So I'm like – I like to think of myself like athlete minded as like the mini, mini version of them because <laughs> they have tons of resources. They have all the connections to the top people. So, but regardless, you know, you got to respect them. Like, you know, young basketball player, even if you're not as good as LeBron, you still res- like respect LeBron. So I respect Players Tribune for everything they're doing. And I, you know, I'm glad that they're just helping athletes in general with like, you know, mental health you know, problems or things or just like articles or getting people to realize the real life of an athlete. And, you know, and like, well, one of the things that I think that is like prevailing, like there's a lot of like fraud and like copying material and all that stuff these days. But like, for me, if anybody like copies anything that I have or anything like that, or takes my ideas for anything, like one of the things I come back to is like, like if they're helping athletes, you know, in a good way, then like, I'm okay with that. Like if you, if you do it better than me and you help more athletes and more players better than me, like that's fine. Like you can copy anything I do. Like, and that's, I think that's what at the crux of entrepreneurship or whatever pursuit you have, like you got to have like a deep, deep meaning, like a core of why you do it. And then if, you know, and at the end of the day, whatever happens on the surface happens, but deep down, like if you believe in it and then, you know, there's no, I don't know, it, you just have to have a good heart around it. So I just know players should be and they're doing a lot of good work. So, so they uh, impress me. So. Well said. Uh, Nancy, where can people go and check out your son's podcast and book? Athleteminded.com. And the Athleteminded.com. And the book is? HoopDreamsFulfilled.com. HoopDreamsFulfilled. HoopDreamsFulfilled.com. And then I'll take you to the Amazon link. All right. And the last question, uh, Tyson, is we always like to ask people, final thoughts. Let's see. Final thoughts. I don't know. You got to go to Nancy for this one. Well, that's great because Nancy <laughs> because, is a birthday because, girl. Yeah, because this is her birthday, so so she, she needs Nancy, to be put on the I spot. I can't think of a better way for Tyson <laughs> to do that. Nancy, let's let you close it out with some final thoughts. I know you have some words of wisdom for it. Pursue your dreams. That's all. There's nobody telling you what your dream is. Whatever your dream is, you just do it. Nancy, happy birthday. And Tyson, congratulations on all the things going on with Athlete Minded. Of course, we want to maybe have you back here in several months to kind of talk about the progress, and we're looking forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah, Jared, thanks so much. And for the listeners, this started from him just like checking out my podcast one night. and <laughs> True story. And just, uh, you know, at like 1130 as I was going to sleep, and I just, I, I, got, I got an email from him saying, hey, like, I like your podcast. I, I thought it was spam at first. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, and then I replied and he replied. I'm like, okay, well, a bot couldn't reply that quickly. So, 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 so we just had like a, a great conversation from like 12, 1130 to like midnight. And then, and then I'm like, it was really cool. I'm like, by the way, I'm going to be in Florida in a few weeks if you want to meet up. So anyway, and then he, like everything that he's built with podcast movement and everything there, it's just really amazing. So I definitely suggest people to check it out and he's an amazing person. So, um, Yeah keep following him so, so, so i'm not a bot and come have lunch with me <laughs> all right thanks tyson thanks nancy thanks sir.